I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. You've just tuned in to Rebel Wellness, the podcast that's here to revolutionize your approach to personal health and well-being. I'm your host, Kaylee, also known as Coach Kales, and I'm thrilled to have you join our Rebel community. In a world that's saturated with fleeting diet trends and unrealistic beauty standards, we believe it's time for serious change. Our mission is simple yet profound, to empower women like you to break free from the confines of today's diet culture and embrace a holistic approach to health that's sustainable for the long haul. If you're like me, you're here to embrace the concept that true well-being encompasses every facet of your life, mind, body, and soul. Rebels believe in aligning our journey with our individual needs and values because a one-size-fits-all approach just simply doesn't cut it anymore. This podcast is your safe space to explore the depths of wellness guided by myself, experts, real life stories, and genuine commitment to your growth. You're here to begin your transformative journey, and it's time to discover your own version of balance in your health. Every week when you tune into Rebel Wellness, we'll learn, grow, and rebel against the polarizing outdated norms to finally achieve lasting vitality and joy. Because that sounds pretty great, right? Your journey starts now, and I am so excited that you're here. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode. Closing out the year of 2023, Rebel Wellness. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to the show. If you're just now finding us, if this is your first episode listening to Rebel Wellness, welcome. I am so glad you're here. If you are a ride or die, this is not your first episode. Even more happy that you're here. (laughs) Okay, I'm equally happy for both. But I just have to say thank you so much for supporting this podcast. It has been such an amazing kind of love child of everything I'm passionate about in the wellness world. And I've been overwhelmed with the success of great feedback and impact that this podcast has had, even on my small community from Instagram, expanding to everybody who's found me around the US, around the world. We have listeners, a lot of listeners in the UK. We have a lot of listeners in Sweden, randomly. <laughs> and uh, well, not a lot, but a significant amount, like I think like 16 or something. And it's just been amazing to kind of get to connect with you guys through this platform. I love teaching. I love educating. and I love having conversations about health and wellness in general. So thank you so much for being here and I hope you are enjoying it. I would also love to extend a little invite to you to reach out in 2024. We're going to add a little section for Q&A. This is something I love that a lot of podcasts do. And so I wanted to finally add it into Rebel Wellness to have a opportunity for our listeners to ask specific health related questions that they might have. Anything, anything is open on the table. And I will take a little bit of time out of each podcast to answer that question. Um, And it doesn't have to be related to the podcast topic. It's just going to be anything health and wellness. So fitness, food, mindset, relationship, people and food, you know, any of that kind of stuff, I am here for it. So definitely submit any questions you have either DM at Rebel Wellness Podcast on Instagram, or feel free to reach out to me on hello at KayleeLoren.com. That is the best way to also contact me if you have any other specific questions or things you want to say or add. So with that, a little other invite I would like to give you is come join us on Instagram, follow our Rebel Wellness Podcast page on Instagram, or my flagship coaching page that is about to be renamed at Kaylee Loren. If you search at Coach by Kales, 
that's totally okay. I have it set up to redirect you, hopefully. So hopefully you don't have any snags on that end. But you should see Kaylee Loren tagged in a lot of the posts on the at Rebel Wellness Podcast Instagram. So hopefully it's a little bit seamless. But I just wanted to give all my listeners that heads up as I am officially rebranding the name of my signature flagship page. I don't know what you would want to call it, but my page where it kind of is like all of the things that I've been doing for like a decade now. So I think the last thing that I want to invite you, you specifically to do is if you'd love to join our wellness newsletter, coachkales.com is the best place you can do it. You can also explore some of my freebies um, there and or on my stand store, which is stand.store backslash kales. So that's all the things. If you want to connect with me, learn more from me, observe more great things from this space that is growing on the online platform. Finally, I know so many people I've missed out on working with because they just couldn't work one-on-one with me and or frankly, my personal training for the last seven years has been booked. I've been not taking a lot of new clients, um, fortunately, but unfortunately, I that's part of why. Here's a little insight, especially for my past clients listening to this or my future clients. Some of you already know this stuff, but um, I was realizing how much I love to like help as many people that want my help, my approach, you know, my personality around wellness. And it was really limiting me my past business model because it was dominantly a lot of one-on-one training. It still is. I'm kind of moving away from that. And I absolutely love that. I absolutely love my connections. Everybody who has a client is practically like family to me. And the hard part is that I am like, all my clients can attest. I don't go on my phone in session. I am never on my phone in session. I think it's completely rude in some ways. So sorry if you're a trainer or something and you listen to this and you're like, oh, I'm on my phone all the time. I don't like going on my phone in a session ever, but that means that I'm fully present, which means that every hour that I train every day with clients, I am not doing other things, obviously, you know what I mean? And so long story short, I was spending like six to 10 hour days training and I would get home and be exhausted. I'd try to connect with whoever was connecting with me on social media or reaching out to me via email. And I just didn't have bandwidth. I didn't have the bandwidth to help more people. And I realized that it sucks because I'm in this weird dichotomy where I love my people. I love my one-on-one clients. I love all that kind of stuff. But simultaneously, I would love to continue to help more people and kind of con- and spread more of the health. I like saying spread the health. That's been a hashtag I've used for such a long time (laughs) because it means something to me to impact more people. So that's where this platform came in and really kind of springboarded me into this next chapter of my online presence. So if you are getting in in this early phase, you're going to get some of the best deals. (laughs) But at the same time, um, I'm really happy that you're here and I'm really happy that you're listening. And I am just wanting to welcome you with arms wide open into this um, this new community that I am building and expanding. So thank you for listening to my spiel. <laughs> that is uh, that is kind of the little the little down low on this this whole chapter and change for what was previously just coached by Kales. But now coached by Kales is just a part of Kaylee Loren, all the things that I do. And yes, my name is not Kaylee Lauren, it is Kaylee Loren. That is what my mother did to my middle name, even though it's spelled Lauren. So it's pronounced Lauren. Enjoy that fun little fact. All right, let's get into the topic. So 
Today, my podcast editor and I were chatting and we realized that this is such a pertinent to the times topic as well as kind of just in general. And it's something that I actually, I think I spoke a little bit about in the alcohol episode, but I wanted to do a whole podcast specifically about hangovers. (laughs) So because everybody I know has had a hangover at least once. Whether or not you consistently drink or drink anymore, any of that stuff, that's totally okay. But I do think that there's a lot of power in the knowledge of understanding what a hangover is and how to avoid it or not necessarily cure it, but help it go away faster or just be less intense. There's a lot of super simple, actionable things that you can do. So make sure you stay all the way to the end because I'm going to give you all of my pro tips and the best advice to preventing a hangover for yourself. But as always, in the beginning of this episode, I'm going to chat a little bit about how do you get a hangover? Like, why does it happen? Because again, as always, I love for you to know why things happen the way they do so that you can have a lot more well-rounded understanding of why you're doing the things you're doing to prevent it. Because that knowledge is how you execute a lifetime of better well-being because you're more in tune with what your body is doing, how it makes your body react, you know, all that kind of stuff. So if you've ever wondered, or if you're new here and you wonder like, oh, why I don't really care how come the hangover happens. It's like, "Mm, but you should, because it's very important to understanding your body and how it will react to other things because it kind of helps you get really dialed with your body. And that's so important. At least I believe it's so important. And my clients that have taken a lot of these little things seriously and learned it for themselves for the first time or relearned it, um, have had the most long-term success after we stopped coaching and such. So the fun thing that you're getting by listening to the podcast is you're getting a ton of free coaching. That is stuff that I usually will do with my one-on-one clients. So everybody who's been listening to the podcast is getting some like solid gold freebie stuff that a lot of people either pay for or just have gotten by, uh, what is that called? Osmosis of being coaching with me. Because <laughs> a lot of my training clients know we cover a ton of different health stuff and conversations simultaneously while weightlifting. It's kind of a, a random superpower, I would say, that I have had. But uh, a lot of trainers do as well, if you're a well-rounded trainer, that is. And so it's kind of a fun way to give you the conversations and the teachings without making you strength train at the same time. (laughs) Some people would like that. Maybe you are working out right now and you're listening to the podcast and that is awesome. But back to the hangover conversation. I would say I have like no joke had only two memorable hangovers in my life, Uh, maybe three, maybe I know the first one was once when I was like 18 and my best friend had a house party and she snuck like four ounces or something of Captain Morgan into my Dr. Pepper. And I like didn't realize it for quite a while. I knew something was kind of off, but I wasn't sure. But like, cause like Dr. Pepper is peppery. It's or spicy rather. And like Captain Morgan is spicy. And I literally still to this day cannot touch Captain Morgan because it was like my first time I ever like overdrank and my liver was like what the hell is this and I remember leaving her house driving home I wasn't drunk anymore it was this was in the in the morning I spent the night and I like pulled over because I was like I'm gonna yak and I just pulled over opened up the car door and barfed on this guy's lawn and he was like maybe 15 feet away watering his bushes and he looks at me and I'm like sorry and I closed my door and I took off So I will never forget that hangover. And I made the mistake of eating special K that morning because I just, 
I don't know. I didn't know what the heck to do. Um, and it does turn out some foods help you kind of navigate what happens to your stomach when you drink too much. So we'll talk about that. But the other uh, hangover that sticks out in my mind significantly was Cinco de Mayo 2020 because my bestie up in Oregon and I like definitely overdid it with the homemade margaritas <laughs> while we were in lockdown. I made like a giant pitcher and I don't think I measured and it was such a mistake. And I just like flopped onto my bed and I was like, I'm out. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I didn't black out, but I definitely was like right before it. I think my body was just like, no, you don't do this. Like this isn't you. <laughs> I think we were all kind of weird in lockdown, right? I don't know what even happened, but those hangovers taught me to look into what the heck happens to my body when I'm drinking and how can I like never have that happen again? Like what can I do to be smarter and hack the hangover game? So today we're talking all about hacking the hangover game and what you can do to prevent that hangover is really important because especially since going over it with a lot of my clients and tons of people being like, yep, this is a game changer. I, this is so simple. I can't believe that I never did this before. So yeah. Let's get into it. All right, so let's answer that question. What causes a hangover? So there's like, it hangovers happen to everybody. It's, it's a human body reaction to consuming poison. Poison, aka alcohol. The reason we get the reaction we do from alcohol is because it's a neurotoxin. It slows down our transmission between our neurons in our brain because we're getting poisoned. And our liver has to do a lot of the dirty work of turning that alcohol into ethanol to be utilized as energy and burned out of the body and detoxed. If your liver isn't functioning very well and over time of consuming alcohol consistently, it inevitably doesn't operate as well. We start to have very specific reactions to how much alcohol we can process or not. That's why if you were younger in your early twenties and you can drink like an entire handle of something in college and wake up and go take a test the next day. Your liver is at its best function when you're in that age group. And then as time goes on, especially if you continue to drink really like quite a bit and quite a bit just means like three to four or five drinks a week as an adult, which if a lot of us kind of go back in time and count how many alcoholic beverages we've had in a week, a lot of us average like at least three, sometimes two. If you're somebody who doesn't drink at all, even better. Like I didn't actually drink like after that hangover at 18, I kind of was like, I don't need alcohol. Don't like the taste of it. I don't want it. And I didn't really drink significant amounts of alcohol until I was around 23, 24. That's when I like discovered I really like margaritas, (laughs) tequila things, and uh, gin, honestly. I'm kind of a weird alcohol drinker. And then living up in Oregon, I was very much introduced to good quality Pinot Noirs and stuff like that. And so I got into wine. But anyways, all that to say, it took a long time for me to get into a little bit more consistent alcohol consumption. And there's been many times where I've completely like stopped just to like give my body space to like heal and operate normally. (laughs) But if you think back in your life, and this is a really important thing to think about is, did you have a period of time, like up to 10 years or so, maybe even five years where you consumed like a lot of consistent alcohol and maybe like low quality alcohol, like really cheap wines, really cheap beers, cheap, liquor, you know, cheap cheap tequila, cheap uh, vodka, you know, all the stuff that is 
commonly consumed by in kids in their 20s and stuff, especially in college, that's a big burden on your liver. And so you can't downgrade that time spent doing that. Not something to ever feel shameful about, but it's just important to understand your actual picture of health. Because like lying to yourself and ignoring things for whatever emotional weight you put on it from your own perception of it isn't the same as what is actually physically going on with your body, right? So you have to kind of just separate the two of those things because you don't have to identify with the fact that the past you overdid it a lot with a lot of alcohol, you know what I mean? But the present you has to know that you have to take a little bit better care of yourself and maybe put some more effort into helping your liver detox better and heal because of it, you know? So that's important to understand because your liver and other organs in your body that process alcohol out of your system or are impacted by the poison of alcohol will offset or set off other functions in your body to not operate properly. A lot of what I see is a lot of hormone production that is not ideal. So imbalances in hormones because of over alcohol consumption. I usually see a lot of estrogen dominance come into my female clients because of consuming alcohol too much. Certain things like wine and such have components in it that are estrogen mimickers. So they increase estrogen in the body. And then we see an imbalance in ratio of estrogen to progesterone that starts to look like belly fat patterning. Also, you get a big spike in cortisol because an after effect of alcohol is a spike in cortisol because it's a stress response. So if your life is stressful and then you're consuming alcohol, that naturally causes more stress. And that's why we might feel anxious or depressed after like a big day of drinking or a few days of drinking. That's because of that. It's this kind of deficit response of good things happening in your body. It's technically bad things, even though it feels good to us. And so unfortunately, that combination of estrogen and cortisol becomes a lot of belly fat or just body fat patterning everywhere where you get belly fat, thigh fat, booty fat some back of your arm fat, you know, those are fat patternings that we tend to see increase significantly if you are somebody who's got an imbalance in estrogen and progesterone, meaning estrogen is much higher than the progesterone. They inverse each other and they balance each other out. They're like harmonious besties. And when you are too low in progesterone, which we do see with a lot of people who are chronically on birth control, there's a lot of different situations, but I'm just talking about the most common one that I have seen Um, especially when my clients get tested and actually get the real raw numbers out, it's always going to be that situation. A lot of estrogen dominance, especially nowadays, because we also have environmental toxins and um, endocrine disruptors. If you listen to the Forever Chemicals PFAs episode, definitely listen to that one. It'll help you better understand a lot of that stuff. But all of those things come into play. And alcohol is such a big one that is very consistent in our lifestyles that absolutely impacts our hormones. So it also impacts so many other things like our skin health, our mineral balance in our body because it takes a tax on a lot of our mineral reserves and our minerals control a lot of other operations in our body. So I'm going to kind of present this to you less of like, what are all the things that happens and then the symptoms. I'm going to actually talk about what symptoms might you be experiencing and what that can correlate to because several of these like eight reasons that we get hangovers from like a physiological situation is they all kind of have very similar symptoms, but also 
other ones have very specific meanings. So that's why I think it's worth it for you to kind of see like, what are you particularly experiencing when you have a hangover? And does that kind of nuance symptom mean something more specific for you, if that makes sense. So when I'm going to go through these, I'm going to tell you like the symptoms and then why, like what it is and why. Okay. So let's first talk about what I had just mentioned earlier is that we almost always think, and a large majority of the initial symptoms of general hangovers are from dehydration. So if you are experiencing thirst, weakness, dizziness, um, lightheadedness, headache, sometimes like um, cotton mouth, so like a dry mouth, and like red sandpapery eyes, aka dehydration, that is because alcohol is a diuretic, which means that it increases like how much you pee, so your urinary output by reducing hormones that prevent your kidneys from conserving water. So that's essentially what happens, how alcohol affects your body in a diuretic way. And that's why you might experience constantly having to pee. And when people would always say like, oh, you broke the seal, like try not to pee right away when you start drinking because then you're gonna have to pee every like 20 minutes. Fun fact, that's what alcohol's effect is on the body is it actually just reduces the hormones that tell your kidneys to conserve water. And instead it starts to just flush water out of your body because it's trying to get the toxin out. Okay. So those general symptoms usually correlate to the dehydration factor of alcohol, but along with the dehydration factor. So dehydration kind of just simply talking about water, like water retention and your water balance in your body. Electrolyte depletion is when you really get into like the bad side effects of true dehydration, where you're going to be experiencing that fatigue, lethargy, sometimes irregular heartbeat. So that could be fast or just irregular nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and or constipation. Those are usual symptoms of electrolyte depletion. Electrolytes are not just friggin' Pedialyte or <laughs> Gatorade. So in my last alcohol episode, you probably heard me talk about that. One of the better things that you can do when you are, um, consuming excess amounts of alcohol, aka more than one drink, is make sure that you follow up or space it out or start the day with a very specific higher concentration balanced electrolyte supplement that includes sodium, potassium, magnesium, and sometimes chloride and calcium. You know, those are all electrolyte. They're in the electrolyte group of minerals. So those minerals do a lot of other things for our bodies. We have to remember that those minerals are just a part of multiple systems, <laughs> like 500 systems in the body, but electrolytes specifically are the minerals that help your muscles and your body connect and communicate with your brain. So when your brain is shooting out like a signal, like, Hey, flex this arm and you might get a twitch or a cramp. Usually that's why we see people taking sodium tablets or potassium and things like that, because that means that they are electrolyte depleted and alcohol massively depletes those electrolytes because it depletes minerals in general. And a lot of times those electrolyte minerals are the group that gets hit first. So they, and those minerals are what helps your body like balance pH, maintain a good balance of water in your body in general, and keeps nutrients moving into your cells and they move waste out of your cells. So they don't only just communicate to your muscles, they also do all of those things. So you can oftentimes experience electrolyte depletion 
symptoms, mainly like vomiting or diarrhea and stuff like that. And those symptoms are also depleting it worse. <laughs> so those ones are really important. Like if you're getting hangovers that are that bad, like you might need to make sure that you split up your drinks in the evening with actual water or water that has electrolyte supplements replaced in them. As many of you know, coachkales.com, I have a little recommendation section for my Amazon recommendations. Check that out if you want my top. I think I have two. I like Noons because they're easy to carry and they're a good company and they have a good balance of the proper minerals that are necessary. And or Redmond Relight is a really great one that has a complex balance of all the minerals necessary from great sources. And so that you can make sure that you're actually getting what you need because unfortunately things like Pedialyte and Gatorade historically usually don't, they only have like sodium and some sugar or sodium and a little bit of like magnesium, but like a really crappy quality version of it because the type of mineral is also going to determine whether or not your body actually uses it. So one of the easiest absorbing magnesiums is magnesium glycinate. And so uh, that's always a staple supplement you should have in your pantry. And again, I do have that linked on coachkales.com if you want to check out the brands and such that I recommend. But that's important to understand when you're trying to replenish, you can't just take random things and expect them to work all the same. Unfortunately, certain types and versions of minerals will or won't get absorbed by the body. So that's something important to note. So the first two things that can cause hangover-like symptoms are dominantly dehydration and electrolyte depletion. They're kind of almost one and the same. Okay, so if you experience abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and you kind of find yourself like sleeping by the toilet because you're not certain when you're gonna barf again or something like that, that could be gastrointestinal irritation, aka gut irritation. So why this happens is alcohol boosts the production of gastric acid in your stomach and it delays your stomach emptying, which can irritate your digestive system. So it also increases intestinal and pancreatic secretions and that can cause inflammation in the stomach lining. So you're kind of setting yourself up for a situation where there's a lot of inflammation happening. Again, it's a poison. So this is kind of par for the course, right? Unfortunately. But if you're somebody who's getting those specific super vomity, super pissed off, like grumbly stomach, like, like very obvious gut irritation, sometimes people have a tendency to eat foods they don't normally eat when they're over consuming alcohol, because like alcohol lowers that like wall, you know what I mean? Where you're just like, eh. I'm going to go for this cheese puff. And so you want to also consider that while alcohol increases these situations in your stomach and your intestinal walls, you eating foods that your body is not usually used to, especially if you're not somebody who eats a lot of processed food or fast food very often, that will also cause inflammation in your gut and give you a lot more issues down the road. So another uh, way that alcohol can be causing a bad hangover is from gut irritation. The next is if you're experiencing weakness, sweating, fatigue, shakiness, moodiness, like hangry stuff, mood swings, and maybe a sluggish or cloudy brain, you might be experiencing low blood sugar um, because alcohol inhibits the production of glucose in the body and it depletes glucose reserves in the liver. And that causes a buildup of lactic acid in your bodily fluids, which further inhibits glucose production. 
And blood sugar is your body's like primary energy source and your brain relies on it to process information, like storing memories and everything and thinking clearly. So oftentimes if you are experiencing low blood sugar because of alcohol, you're going to have those symptoms when you have a hangover. And those are very cerebral. Like you tend to feel a lot of it being more of like um, just a cloudy brain and like moodiness, like you feel really all over the place. And that's a huge sign for a low blood sugar across the board. Like even when you're not in a hangover situation, if you are constantly hangry and or your mood is just directly tied to your meals, that's a sign that you have blood sugar dysregulation, that your meals are not supporting a natural spike in blood sugar. Blood sugar should always spike. That's just how it works, especially when you've eaten a meal, because that's basically what happens when your body's like, all right, we're going to put this energy to use. So it should happen. There's a lot of like weird confusion on it online where they're just like, you should never get a blood sugar spike if you want to lose fat. Uh, your body's going to spike blood sugar no matter what, but you can manage it better through well-rounded meals. So making sure that you have a solid amount of protein, no less than 20 grams of protein every meal, and a solid amount of good quality fats, like 10 to 20 grams, and 20 to 45 grams of a good quality carb. When you exceed that amount, which a lot of meals, like so many meals, like even a Pop-Tart is like already 45 grams, like one Pop-Tart practically. (laughs) And so we kind of underestimate how many carbs we might be consuming. I would say on average, if we, from all my clients who have logged their, their meals before we started to kind of fine tune them, we've discovered that most of their meals are like 50 to 80 grams of carbs every meal. And that is going to really encourage a blood sugar roller coaster, which is going to impact your mood and everything like that. So something to be really aware of is that by incorporating a more rounded meal style, making sure you always have protein and and fats combined with your carbs is going to really help that blood sugar spike. But also one of the easiest things you can do is just make sure that you go on like a 15 to 20 minute walk after you eat a bigger meal. You can even go longer if you have more time, but um, just to keep that barrier of entry lower, you can do just like 15 to 20 minutes um, immediately after having that meal. And it helps that digestion and blood sugar spike massively. But in the terms of alcohol, um, walking actually exercise, I don't know if you've ever done it, like maybe you've had a drunken night and you had to walk really far back to your car and it starts to kind of help you sober up. It is a way for you to be utilizing that energy from the ethanol and such that your body's producing by filtering through your liver, all the alcohol. So movement does tend to help. Um, to some extent, assuming that you're not super inebriated, because obviously movement is more risk of injury at that point. But yeah, so that's important to note for some blood sugar facts. Okay, so another way that hangovers are caused is by symptoms that you might get like insomnia, fatigue, lots of sweating overnight, and maybe like feeling kind of like jet lagged. And that would be coming from poor sleep. Something that is like fascinating about having an aura ring. So I bought an aura ring this, this month was actually my two year anniversary of having an aura ring. If you don't know what it is, it's basically a little ring that is a like high tech tracker of mostly managing your like heart rate and your activity and your sleep. And I got it because I don't like sleeping with a watch and I really wanted to know what was going on with my sleep. I've been on a journey of kind of trying to heal my cortisol fatigue, adrenal fatigue. 
cortisol overload rather. So I have what's kind of umbrella termed adrenal fatigue, but essentially my cortisol just like completely drops off the planet at like noon to two, which it shouldn't, it should be tapering off slowly from there. And that's just from years and years of overworking myself and not managing my stress. Well, just the pains of being an entrepreneur (laughs) and a like, mm, people pleaser. I'm not quite sure. But anyways, working on that, I've been working on it. And one of the best ways that's helped me work through that is the aura ring, honestly, and I am not sponsored by them or anything like that. But um, for a lot of my clients that align with the same personality traits as me, I have always encouraged getting an aura ring, because it has been exponentially beneficial for me being aware of what habits I partake in influence my sleep quality, as well as natural patterns in my life with like when I'm on certain parts of my cycle, because you can track your cycle with it because it measures your body temperature. So it can also estimate a really close to accurate fertility zone. You know, I'm not looking to have kids right now, but it is very helpful because I'm not trying to have kids right now. You know what I mean? And so at the same time, I always see, and I actually just, one of my clients just got an aura ring because of me showing this to her is that my sleep goes to absolute dog shit when I drink. When I exceed more than two glasses of wine or even one hard liquor cocktail, I don't drink beer, so I can't speak on beer. But when I do any of that amount, like exceed that amount, my sleep goes to dog shit. And it's just because that's a side effect of when your body is trying to heal itself coming out of being poisoned, essentially. And it increases your heart rate passively because it's working harder to get that alcohol out of your system. And it passively influences your sleep because your heart resting heart rate stays really high. And you can't go into deep sleep and such when your heart rate is staying above 65 or so. And that's where like for people who don't have very healthy hearts, like their car- their cardiovascular health isn't very good, they might experience poor quality sleep because regardless of body composition, because their heart is working too hard still and it's not in a rest and digest position. So if you're somebody who is struggling with like sleep quality, you might want to just work on trying to increase some good higher intensity walks or hikes or something like that in your week. Try to keep it low so you're not overwhelming yourself because I'm not going to say like go do Peloton rides or whatever, but that might be something worth looking into. But as it correlates to alcohol, your sleep is always going to be impacted negatively whenever it's in your system in the evening. Because what ends up happening when you're in the sedated state that alcohol. So a lot of people like it's kind of like a shot in the foot when people do a nightcap, quote unquote, because they think that because it's a sedative, it's helping them sleep. However, it reduces your time in the REM state, which is your dream state, which can worsen like snoring and sleep apnea if you have that. But it messes ultimately with your nighttime circadian rhythm because when you're like dropping into the deep sleep and going into the REM sleep for the rest of the night, you're not getting there because your body temperature is higher because it's working harder and your cortisol levels are up and that means that your heart rate is up. So for all those reasons, alcohol massively impacts your sleep. So even if you feel like, oh, I slept the whole night though, your quality of sleep might not be good. And that's what like the aura ring has really (laughs) shown me through numbers of like blatant truths is that I've seen my heart rate usually is at 70 to 75 beats per minute on average when I drink alcohol, like when I'm sleeping. And um, normally my heart rate is 49 to 55 beats per minute when I'm sleeping at my lowest beats per minute. 
So that's a lot, guys, right? That's insane. Like sometimes I've even seen the spikes go up into the 80s or 90s while I'm sleeping after too much alcohol. Like with Thanksgiving, I had quite a bit of red wine. And even though I stuck to my like rule of only drinking like Italian wines, I definitely noticed that the volume of wine that I had impacted my sleep significantly. And I definitely saw my heart rate floating in that 75 to 90 beats per minute while I was sleeping. <laughs> and like 90 beats per minute is like me existing in my day-to-day life, like walking around my house and in the kitchen and whatever. So that's bad. Okay. That's bad. Um, but yeah, so poor sleep is a side effect that might be causing your hangover. Okay. Last three, let's get through these. So a heavy aching head. So like sensitive to sound, touch, movement, all that kind of stuff. Like when you can't look at the light, like everything just pisses you off. Those Headaches are usually um, caused by vasodilation. So those hangover headaches are likely related to vasodilation, um, which is the alcohol-induced widening of your blood vessels. So those are what like connects your veins and such in your body, moving blood around. And the effects of alcohol on your neurotransmitters tend to go into that same box. So usually because of vasodilation, you're getting effects on your neurotransmitters and the widening of your blood vessels, as well as hormones that are associated with head pain. So hormones that tell your body you've got pain going on, tell this person they have pain (laughs) in their head. So unfortunately, For those reasons, you might get those symptoms in a hangover because of vasodilation. So more pronounced like hangover symptoms, like really strong headaches, really weird cloudy brain, like really painful stomach aches and fatigue and all that kind of stuff. That just like that feeling where you don't feel well, like you feel like you're sick. Like maybe you feel like you literally have the flu or something like that. All of those symptoms come from the inflammatory response of alcohol. And there's people who metabolize, like just like the way that there's people who metabolize caffeine well, and there's people who don't metabolize caffeine well, same goes for alcohol. There's people who metabolize alcohol a lot more slowly, and they're the ones at risk to have more severe hangovers than those who metabolize it faster. So there's a lot of people who have like genetic ethnic backgrounds like everybody jokes about like Irish and stuff it's true there's a lot of ethnic backgrounds that have adapted and metabolized alcohol faster depending on its significance in that culture so for me unfortunately and one of my other friends who's also what we call a hapa who's half Asian and half white he's half Japanese like me and half white and we don't the Japanese is the most pronounced part of our reaction to alcohol, unfortunately. And we immediately get the Asian glow, quote unquote, which is a sign that we do not metabolize alcohol very well. So our cheeks get flushed. Our body is just kind of like having a hard time. It's having a hard time immediately. Um, and so that's a sign that we have to be a little more cognizant and aware of how much we drink because we are more at risk for more inflammation, which will give us a way worse hangover response. So if that's something like you, if you notice that you get flushed and stuff really fast, like you only had one drink, cheeks are already pink, things like that, it unfortunately means that you probably are getting an immediate inflammatory response from alcohol and you will probably have a greater oxidative stress and inflammatory situation processing and metabolizing that alcohol. So there's a lot of different factors that can go into it, but dominantly just 
learning your own self, especially if you're a mix like me and seeing like, okay, I think I'm somebody who, who shouldn't have an excessive amount of alcohol despite it. Like my fiance can drink like eight drinks to my two drinks. Like I am happy and buzzed off two drinks. He is like, he needs like eight to 10 drinks to feel a buzz. Like he's Irish, German and other stuff. And it's like, it's not fair in that sense, but at the same time, it's okay. Because then I'm like, I, I don't have to have that much volume and that's easier for me. Okay, the final one is if you're um, experiencing symptoms of tremors, anxiety, sweating, nausea, vomiting, or like sensitivity to sound and light. Again, kind of similar like the vasodilation one. You might be getting like micro withdrawal symptoms. Um, drinking suppresses the central nervous system by increasing the activity of the calm-inducing neurotransmitter, GABA. If you've heard of GABA, that is what it is. It's calm-inducing neurotransmitter. And suppressing the activity of the excitability of another neurotransmitter, glutamate. So as alcohol leaves your bloodstream, GABA decreases and glutamate is no longer inhibited. So you're getting kind of this weird withdrawal experience, similar to like how people would experience withdrawals from drugs and different things that mess with the neurotransmitters in their brain. And that experience gives us a feeling of withdrawal because it's something that our brain is, it's not the homeostasis anymore. So when something is messing with the homeostasis of our neurotransmitters, we will feel it in a very like obvious mood changing reaction. And that's something that I think a lot of people also, um, we're starting to learn a little bit more about. But if you are somebody who has struggled with things like depression or anxiety, um, post lots of alcohol, consumption, not only is it influenced by the fact that, you know, what we were talking about with the hormones and the cortisol and such, because we do get mood reactions to changes with our cortisol, we also get it from the movement of like our GABA receptors and um, glutamate receptors and a variety of different receptors, and it can influence those moods. So it's important to know that Alcohol absolutely can impact your mood in a way that is non-ideal. It's temporary though. You know, as long as you, if you just only drink really on like the holidays and you accept the consequences, which is personally what I do at the moment, you know, there's probably a future time in my life where I'll just give it up altogether. But um, in the moment, especially since I got into the drinking game late, quote unquote, um, I still actually have pretty healthy boundaries around alcohol and I, I always manage it well because I just don't like feeling crappy. I don't like bad hangovers, which is why I'm sharing this episode with you. Um, but it is something that's really important to know that you can take care of your body and detox off of it. So that's a really good transition into this last part, which would be my top tips for managing the hangover and getting over it. So how long does alcohol stay in your system? Anywhere from eight to 48 hours. It depends on, again, if you're a faster metabolizer of alcohol or if you're slower. You usually feel your absolute worst around the time that your blood alcohol content, aka what you can measure with a breathalyzer, you can, anyone has access to buying a breathalyzer if they're curious enough to have <laughs> on hand at home, but you'll feel your worst when it reaches zero, interestingly enough. And then after that, things will get progressively better as the day goes on, because that's when your body finally has gotten the notable amounts of alcohol out of your system from breathing, 
at least, that you can measure with breathing. <laughs> that means that it's at its like lowest content. And then from there on, it should be that your body is just recovering and returning to its like baseline without having had any out. So five ways that you can kind of ease your hangover naturally. The main one, the one that's the best one is unfortunately time. Time is the only thing that can help your hangover <laughs> the most immediately. But some things that I have done to help myself um, stay away from getting even close to a hangover is first, I always hydrate. I hydrate before and I hydrate after the night of drinking. So if I know I'm going to drink in the afternoon or evening, I have an electrolyte balanced beverage that I specifically make with a noon tablet or with my Redmond Relight like a scoop. I have that in the morning time or in the afternoon. So I'm just prepping my body for it. <laughs> And then I will usually have a noon at night, like as 16 ounces at least, with one in it before I go to bed, no matter what, always. And I know that a lot of people are like, oh, but I, wanna, I don't want to have to pee. You're probably going to have to pee anyways because you had alcohol. And like we learned earlier, alcohol is uh, influenced by that. Like it is an, influence, is an influencer for peeing a lot because it's diuretic. So that is one way that you can massively re- avoid getting the bad hangover symptoms. Um, by having electrolyte beverage or coconut water. You could sprinkle sea salt into it. That's a really easy, natural way to make your own at home if you don't have it. But you can also do like ice water with lemon and sea salt. You can do like a kombucha um, pickle juice, funny enough. That's why like it's a weird craving sometimes for some people who are like got the drunchies. Pickle juice has potassium and sodium and some magnesium naturally in it. But if you don't like that, <laughs> uh, you can also do something like ice cold milk or chocolate milk if you can manage milk and anything that involves like natural sodium and such. So saltier things, definitely. The second thing that you should definitely do is eat some food, get some food into your system. And normally we would want, like, I always recommend my rounded meals thing. However, in this circumstance, sometimes like, especially if you're queasy and you just like, you can't get stuff down or not much sounds interesting to you. Aiming for something that's carby is one of the better things you can do and or carbs and fat because they're a little bit easier to digest and um, a little bit easier to palate, like to eat. So things like that's why a lot of the times we do tend to crave like hash browns and eggy breakfast things or burgers and maybe just like toast with like some peanut butter or something like that. Those are more ideal food items for if you have a pretty bad hangover. If you don't have too bad of one, I would still stay towards maybe like a little bit oilier. Like I'll make like something like with scrambled eggs and maybe some like ground up sausage or um, ham or something like that and try to keep it more to that like kind of fattier saltier zone and have some carbs of course involved as well but just don't have something that's like a really proteiny meal or like some really big salad or something for some reason there's a lot of conflicting research on why certain foods or what fruit foods benefit you after hangover but I think the evidence kind of just leans the most towards something that has carbs to try to get back into your system, something that has salt to help you rehydrate, and something that is like palatable, something that you want to eat that doesn't make you more nauseous, you know what I mean? Um, Especially when you're like pretty badly hungover. I know that the like Cinco de Mayo time I told you about earlier in this chat, I definitely had a like urge to just 
DoorDash Chick-fil-A and all I could actually eat, I couldn't even eat like the chicken and stuff. All I could eat was the little circle hash browns <laughs> with ketchup. And I, I'm guessing that's because of the carbs from the potatoes, the salt that's on the potatoes and ketchup has sugar and salt in it too. So yeah, that's great. Okay. The third thing that you can do to really help yourself with um, getting through the hangover is again, the electrolytes. So you want to have like a really good quality electrolyte replenishment. You want to have a solid amount of water. Don't chug like a crap ton, but at least have when you first wake up, if you're pretty badly hungover, have at least 20 ounces over the next hour of with a well-made electrolyte. And then you can also incorporate with foods like a B complex vitamin and a lot of those kind of like hangover shots or hangover supplements that you'll see online. They will almost always involve B, a B complex and vitamin C and NAC, NAC, N-acetylcysteine. So that's a, one of those more natural like antioxidants for the body. And it's a really important one that you can get for super cheap online. I, again, would usually recommend that you just get NAC from like Pure Encapsulations or Vital Nutrients or any of those companies that are like third-party tested and such. And that's going to be very important. But you can also incorporate liver detoxers like milk thistle and different natural sources of liver detoxers that can help your body kind of recover from the trauma it just went through. Um, but I honestly wouldn't incorporate those until maybe like the next day. Um, the first day of sticking to like B vitamins and NAC and such is a better route to take, but I would also only take those with food, hands down. Make sure that you only take those with food. But there's definitely a lot of different hangover treatment supplements on the market. So you can kind of explore those and see if any of those are like interesting to you and well-rated. But again, I would just kind of make sure that it's from a company that you can trust that explicitly says on their website that they third-party test. Okay. Number four, just try to relax. Just chill. Just like sign up to be a vegetable that day. I would really only say if you're going to go on a bender with drinking, you should probably just plan ahead and like do it on a day where the next day you don't have any responsibilities. (laughs) because doing things is going to make it worse because you're asking your body to do a bunch of different systems in your body that it like really has just like no interest in. It's super disinterested in doing anything for you other than trying to recover itself. So if you just take a nice shower, um, you just kind of relax around, drink your water, eat your salty foods, carby foods, (laughs) and kind of just like treat it like the flu, like take, like have some soup. Pho is a great thing to have when you have a hangover because there's a um, good amount of sodium, good amount of water, there's some fats and there's carbs and the noodles, you know, there's that, that's a great meal to have. Um, if you've not had pho before, any type of like chicken soup and things like that is, is kind of on par. It's just the Vietnamese version of chicken soup and it's much more delicious in my opinion, but taking yourself down a notch and relaxing and just kind of get through your day and maybe nap or just go to bed early. You know, those are all great things that you can do to really help yourself with your hangover. And the last thing of course is, uh, getting good sleep because sleep is just, I mean, it's going to put you out of your misery, but at the same time, it's going to like fast track your body's healing processes because it gets to just focus on clearing out the toxins and getting you better, but you can do your best to take care of it with proper supplementation, 
hydration and food to really like expedite the process and take care of yourself. Just sleep it off as much as possible because it's the only way that you can really time travel um, into the best cure for hangovers, which is uh, time, (laughs) as we talked about in the beginning. But some random side tips. I told you in the beginning, I was going to tell you some random things that are like kind of hacks or whatnot. In my previous episode, I told you guys about one of the surprising like changes that is kind of a health habit that I've done in the last several years that's been a game changer for me especially like I said I'm I'm of uh, Japanese descent I do not process alcohol very well I have also found that I do not process the level of sulfites that are in American wines as well so when I am drinking like for this Thanksgiving I stuck to Italian wines and specifically imported from Italy, Italian wines. So I very much avoided any type of hangover. Well, I had some symptoms, but nothing was that bad. And it wasn't as bad as it would be if I just drank a ton of American red wines for those reasons. So sticking away from like dark booze, that is probably one of the best like pro tips if you're going to drink is to stay away from things that are dark, not only because of sulfites and such, but because it also has more tannins and acetone. And those are biologically active compounds that are just always found in alcohols like bourbon, red wine, Jaeger, dark rum, etc. So those give alcohol, they're called congeners, they give alcohol their flavor, aroma, and color, but there's a lot of research behind it also pointing towards a worse hangover. So if you're somebody who is big into whiskey and all that stuff, sad news for you, it's probably making your hangover worse. But a solution is if you're going to drink any liquor at all, keep it clear. So stick to your vodkas, your gins, your tequilas, muscle for tequilas, and the clearer beverages. Moonshine? I don't know. (laughs) But anyways, that would be kind of a random pro tip that does actually work is try to also pick higher quality. So go more top shelf. I tell a lot of my clients because a lot of my clients are above 25. Just be that person that is all up in the mid shelf and top shelf liquors. Like just stay up there. Don't go to that bottom shelf. I know it's cheaper or whatever, but don't go utility on your liquor anymore. Be picky. Take to pick the nice alcohol, pick the nice poison. (laughs) And it will probably give you a lot less of a hangover just by default of the passive things that go into lower quality liquor and lower quality wines, especially. All right, guys. So I think that that's going to wrap up our chat today about hacking the hangover. Um, I hope you learned something a little bit today and you feel a little bit more well-rounded for the next time that you partake in a heavy drinking session. Um, I will also say too, it's very good to avoid taking things like NSAIDs or um, Tylenol and such because the way that those work, not only are they really tough on your renals, so your kidneys, they are also known to make your stomach bleed when reacting to them. And we already, if we're already having inflammation and a change in the stomach acid quality in your stomach from the alcohol, like I was talking about earlier, we really don't want to kind of stir the pot and throw something else in. So I know a lot of people, because of their headache, they go right to like an Advil or a Tylenol or something. And that is like one of the least good things that you can do for your body with it. I would avoid it altogether. I know it's really tempting and such, but um, if possible, don't take painkillers for your hangovers. I know that it's just 
sort of seemingly easier, but it's worse on your body. It's way harder on your organs. And you can achieve a lot of that headache reduction by just simply having some really good, well-balanced electrolytes with a solid amount of water and just trying to give yourself some rest. Okay. So that would be one thing that I really want to make sure to say before we end this, because I know that the usual thing people do is greasy food, popping Tylenol and um, drinking some water, but like just plain water, you know? So I hope that was helpful. And that's it for today's episode. I will invite you to share this with somebody in your life who you think could really benefit from knowing how to cure the hangover. Maybe they're like a constant hangover person and you're like, here, here, maybe this will help you. (laughs) Uh, But at the same time, I would love for you to rate the show, help spread the knowledge and spread the word about this podcast, Rebel Wellness. I would love for you to do that. And it would be amazing too, if you could give us a little five-star rating, if you are loving the show. And if you are new here again, welcome to the show. I hope you stick around longer and I'm really excited for what we have in store for 2024. Got a lot more interviews coming our way uh, from some awesome people. So stay tuned for that. But overall, celebrate your strength and nourishment, walk with confidence, and I will catch you next week on another episode of Rebel Wellness. episode of Rebel Wellness. If you've been enjoying our conversations around health, fitness, and wellness, I have some exciting news for you. So if you would love to join our newsletter group, you can join us on coachkales.com or you can join my Stan store at stan.store backslash kales, K-A-I-L-E-S. And that's an awesome opportunity for you to snag some freebies that I've created, including a macro hack grocery list that is going to help you kind of design a custom grocery list, especially for following macronutrients. Because as you know, if you didn't listen to my macros in May series, I would go back to those episodes because it has been a game changer for so many of our listeners for getting more on top of how to shape their physique and their health goals with the food they're eating. So Don't sleep on that. Go get your free download, S-T-A-N, like Stan the man, stan.store backslash kills. And you can also join our newsletter from that. And if you would like to reach out to me, chat, maybe work together, you can also contact me through my website, coachkales.com. And I would absolutely love you to join our Rebel Wellness Podcast Instagram, which is at Rebel Wellness Podcast. And you can also join my flagship coaching page at Coach by Kales. That's where it all began. That's where I share the most um, kind of custom to what I work on specifically with my clients on that page. So join that one. It's all feminine wellness focused. And I share some great stuff, some goofy stuff, things that you just don't want to miss, as well as healthy recipes and things and easy recipes because we all kind of need some easy grab and go things don't we so i would love you to join both those pages as you'll be joining a community of like-minded females who are all committed to living their best lives so hit that follow button and i would love if you felt the need to share and rate our podcast we would love that anyways thanks for listening and i hope to catch you next sunday or say hello on the gram